I really spend a lot of time thinking about energy as a mm. currency, sp- yeah. especially for entrepreneurs and, you know, how we overdraw our bank accounts. Yeah. Before we dive into this week's most delicious of episodes, I just wanted to let you know that doors to plenty more are still open. And that's even if you haven't applied yet. So if you fancy 12 months of working alongside me and my team to get you and your business to a place of plenty, just pop to the show notes now and you'll be able to apply. We're only asking people to apply to make sure that they're a good fit, that they're the sort of business sort of person that's going to get good results from what we offer. And once you've done that, we'll be able to send you the live private training. In Plenty More, you will have a community that you can reach out to as you grow, stretch, evolve and expand. We are there to hold you steady as you reach up to those spaces you long to occupy. And that's part of the magic right there. If anything, I would say that's the secret ingredient to how we can bring all our feelings to work and continue to make more money. In the program, we get sure on the things we can be sure of. Your message, your community, your business model and your unique strategy and lots more. We also unravel the stories that hold us back from moving forward with what we know is our path. And we get support for the feelings that spring up as we commit to that path. I cannot say enough what a powerful concoction all of that is. So if you're interested, pop to the link in the show notes and you will receive the recording once you've applied and we've said a hell yes to you, which Honestly, the majority of you, that will be the case. Once you've done that, we'll send you the recording of the Plenty More Framework, of me talking through how the Plenty More Framework works. And you'll have until the 20th of October to decide if Plenty More is for you or not. And of course, my DMs on Instagram particularly, because that's where I respond best, are wide open. So if you've got any questions, before you apply or after, please do slide into those DMs of mine and I will happily chat it all through with you. Welcome, Mara, to this week's podcast. Um, Mara and I have had a few false starts getting here, time zone related shenanigans mostly, but I'm so excited that you are here. Um, Mara is a writer, a teacher and a podcast host. She runs e-courses. I'll let her explain more about herself in a second. Um, She is also a reclaimer of the term needy which I love because I think that is such a loaded term for so many people. I love that you picked that really like it's a term that really gets you in the gut. And I think it's brilliant the way that you have like framed that and owned it in your work. Um, If you follow Mara on Instagram, you'll have seen her being just so beautifully real about her own needs, ups and downs, all of that stuff. And Mara does it in such a grounded and honest and really safe way as well. I think the way you share it is really brilliant. And I love that about her work. And I'm so excited to chat to Mara today because what Mara does is something I often hear. And I was just saying this to Mara before we kicked off. What Mara does, I often get clients say to me, I can't make money because I um, people won't buy unless there's a very clear monetary outcome, like a money-based transformation. Particularly coaches and service providers, they'll say to me, like, it's fine for you, Ray, because people work with you, you're promising them more money. It's very clear. And actually, I'm not promising more money. I just want to be clear about that. Um, <laughs> just being clear. Um, but you know, what I, you know, we're it's that's where we're going. And with your work, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. I know that there's impact on money making in what you do, but it's not front and center of your work. So I'm really excited to chat through that. But before we get there, could you tell us in your own words, 
about who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am a human who helps other humans be human. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the most succinct thing. Yeah. Uh, and I do that by being human in front of them, yes. like on Instagram yeah. and by, you know, just kind of being curious with them about what it would be like to welcome more of themselves into their lives. Yeah. And, um, personally I'm a queer wife, uh, mother of two kids under the age of five, which, you know, during this pandemic time has been intermittently adorable, but mostly hellacious. <laughs> I love that. Intermittently adorable. Um, yeah. I think that and, describes motherhood. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I'm like being running a business. My business has grown a lot in the pandemic mm. while my childcare has shrunk, you know, mm a lot. Uh, so, you know, I really, I do my best work by being the human that I am out loud, which, you know, for much of my upbringing, I really wanted from other people because what I saw Mm. from other people was, you know, what is right and good is to present this perfectionistic version of yourself to the world, this person who is successful and, you know, subscribes to a specific beauty ideal, dresses a certain way, goes to certain schools, is in certain kind of relationships, you know, has a life that's set on this track. And, you know, as, as a good girl, Hmm. uh, I, you know, and by that, I mean a person who really meets my need for safety through conforming to the standards around me. Yeah. And I'm really good at that. Yeah. And that led me on a track to being dead smack in the middle of a life that I didn't like, I didn't recognize, didn't, I mean, didn't look like me, but who was I and what was I, you know, I never, (laughs) I never like, it was just like, this isn't, is this how life is? Yeah. And a lot of my, for a lot of my clients, those are really the questions. It's like, this is just what adulting looks like. Your life kind of sucks. And that's, it like Mm. you don't have needs because you're a mom yeah you don't have needs because whatever you know uh and so I really seek both with my podcast and I'm writing a book called needy um seek to to be an example my partner my whole family actually just is like really their running joke is that when my book comes out I'll be like hello all you needy humans of Las Vegas (laughs) like that I'm gonna be like the neediest woman in America um which everyone finds very very funny but uh, you know look somebody's got to be yeah right yeah yeah and (laughs) I think it's really powerful when we have examples of what it really looks like to be a person and also for me to be a person who is a human and an ambitious human. Yes. You know, I want to get stuff done. I love to create things, but yeah. I can't, I can, well, I should say I can no longer muscle through being the human that I am in order to get stuff done. So it's always finding my way into the middle. And you know, one of the things I love about your Instagram as well, like I was saying, like I see you on there sometimes and you'll say like, oh, I, and I can't think of an exact example, but like, it feels like you catch yourself in your humanness or like trying to power through your humanness, which I just so heavily relate to. Like as people doing what we do, officially we're aware of it, right? Like we're, if it was a client, we'd be like, hey, I see what you're doing. But with ourselves, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to, I can do it. I can, oh, why am I doing that? Why am I expecting something different of myself? than I expect of anybody else and I love that you kind of share that process 
in the like yeah. you know of ca- like I think a few times I've seen you say I've had to cancel a load of stuff I thought I could do a load of yeah. stuff what was I doing well and it's so funny because I work to I do a lot of work with being a cyclical being mm-hmm. which means that our energy isn't constant over the course of the year or over the course of the moon cycle or over the course of your menstrual cycle if you're a person who bleeds and so for so for me it's like I might make a plan or usually a slew of plans like at the the you know height of the summer or the full moon and or when I'm ovulating I'm like yeah sure I could do it all and then I'm looking at my calendar later like two weeks later just being like no yeah. no who scheduled this who yes. did this to me and of yeah. course it's always me yeah, um, I hear you. I've got um, polycystic ovaries. And so yeah. I don't have, I always come, people say to me, you should track around your cycle. And I would say like, all right, you've got period privilege. I do not have, yeah. I cannot track it, but I don't know how my, I was talking, I think my period is just about to arrive and I'm launching now. And I said, uh-huh. and my husband was like, does, how does your body know to launch, to, to launch, to have a period every time you launch? And yet you don't know when your period's coming. I know. <laughs> I Some know. strange magic. <laughs> like it is. Like every time I'm like, what, why, what's going on? I've had months with nothing and now you're here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So I've got a number of questions and I know because um, Mara and I've done, we did like a bonus for my old membership. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So long ago now. And I remembered having such a lovely time with you. So I knew I was like, I'm not going to have too many questions because I know lots of questions are going to come up as we chat. So let's get into that thing I mentioned in the intro. Um, and actually, before I get into this, actually, I wanted you to, because you talk about self-care, right? How do you define self-care? Because it's such a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to just say that most of the ways that self-care is defined are just kind of like categorically bullshit. And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a pro- I face that, for example, in my work all of the time, people are like, yeah, yeah. Self-care. I'm like, yeah, but no, yeah, no. Um, because I think about it more like, I mean, I hate system maintenance because you're not a machine, but, you know, that kind of thing, it's like, what do I require in order to show up for the things that I want yeah. and need to show up for in order to exist as, you know, the, the most fully expressed version of myself energetically, mentally, emotionally. And of course, when we're talking about capacity, we all have different capacities based on the factors of our bodies, of our health, of our lives. Um, so this is going to look different for each and every one of us, but, you know, it comes back to this question of who and what is your life for? Yes. If you don't have the available time to take Mm -hmm. care of your body yeah. and, you know, I'll have clients who will say like, Mara, it sounds like self-care, you know, is a full-time job. I don't have time for that. And I mean, for (laughs) me, it, it literally is the other day, somebody was like, Mark, well, self-care doesn't pay the mortgage. I was like, well, in my house, self-care does pay the mortgage, but also I hear you, Um, you know, so I, I, it didn't start this way. I started with five minutes. You know, I started, I started taking care of myself as an extremely burnt out person Mm. who really had no choice, but figure out a different way. And so you know, I think that's another piece of that, that buzzy self-care concept is that 
we're somehow supposed to have these huge swaths of time and available energy to take care of ourselves. And I'm really talking about things like drinking enough water. For me, the number one self-care thing that I can do for myself, especially these days, is to really make sure that I'm eating at regular intervals so that my Mm. blood sugar is constant over the course of the day. Yeah, You know, that helps me hormonally, that helps me mentally, that helps me emotionally. It's like everything in my life is better Mm. if I am eating meals instead of drinking coffee, which is my total preference all day long. (laughs) So, you know, it's knowing yourself, knowing yourself. Yeah and caring for yourself in whatever way is doable for you. Mm. But really it's about clearing out whatever is standing between you and knowing that you, you matter and you're allowed to have access to your own precious resources. Yeah. And I, you know, and I know what that person means about self-care, not paying the bills, but equally a life without any self-care is not going to lead to a sustainable income. And I've, you know, I have went through years at the beginning of my business. And when I look back, actually, my whole life of my working life of constantly being in these dips of like absolute burnout and just normalizing it. I was normal not to feel like like to not really be able to do anything for months at a time. Mm -hmm. And obviously, and so like being able to sort of meet those needs moment by moment and trust my body will regulate itself also means I'm able to earn money sustainably not in these huge peaks and troughs which I think a lot of the online world are that's what they're experiencing mm-hmm. and some of us huge months but followed by not necessarily um lower months because we can't you know no one wants to buy or anything like that but because we physically cannot push at the rate we were pushing before mm-hmm Yeah. You know, I really spend a lot of time thinking about, well, I really like to talk about money, but, you know, thinking about energy as a Mm. currency, especially for entrepreneurs and, you know, how we like overdraw our bank accounts. Yeah. You know, (laughs) quite simply, it's like you have a certain amount of resources, you overdraw, you know, okay. The first time you overdraw, it's like a $30 fine, fine, Mm. but you continue to overdraw, continue to overdraw. It becomes this enormous financial emergency. Mm. And we do this with ourselves energetically. And it's really tricky because we can do it for a short period of time. Yeah. You know, you can, it's not that I never, you know, hustle or never like show up for a period of time where I'm going to be doing more work. You know, I know, for example, right now I'm, I'm diving back into the draft of my book between October. My, my draft is due February 1st. So during this time, I have a lot going on. I'm running two group programs. You know, I've, as I said, kids, all that stuff, and there's a lot going on. And I know that that is going to take an energetic toll on me. And so mm. I'm always thinking about what matters to me. Um, what commitments have I made? So, you know, I've made commitments to run these two programs that I love. I've made this commitment to write this book. That's a lot. Mm. And if I didn't really know myself, I would probably say that was too much, but I've been doing this work for a long time. So I'm very adept at asking this second question, which is what do I need personally, Mm. like what, what commitment do I need to make to myself in order to 
be able to make good on that thing that I've said that I'm going to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly, we get stuck in this cycle of, you know, kind of like going all into this hustle and grind for a launch or something like that, Mm -hmm. doing way more than we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then having to spend time recouping that energy that we expended only to do it again. And so we get on that like swinging pendulum of everything to nothing, everything to nothing. And beyond sucking for a multitude of reasons, it's also really demoralizing because you begin to believe there's something wrong with me because I can't sustain that pace 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. And none of us can. No, no. And I think also, I know I've been, I found this before where I've gone all in on a launch and then I've got to deliver the program. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm familiar with that. Like, Especially I, if you haven't written the program yet. Right. And I, yeah. I, I've at the time and I stopped doing this now, but I would do them live because I mean, I like doing stuff live. It's, it's where I really like, certainly it's the easiest place for me. And I've mm. kind of figured out how to do it differently and it still worked. But yeah, just being like, oh my God, there, we are not finished here. And I got not like, you know, and, and what's lovely is for me, coaching is something, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I seem to be able to just like turn it on. Um, and I love and it's it's such a comfortable place for me, but it's not restful. I don't finish like providing that course for people and be like, oh, now I'm rested enough to launch again. And yet here I am. Mm-hmm. The payment plans have run out. I've got to go mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I really needed to change my business model when my first daughter was born. So about this time of year, five years ago, because I had been doing that kind of like launch, deliver, launch, deliver. Mm. I hated redoing my courses because mm. it was boring for me as a teacher. Yeah. And I could, I hadn't yet figured out how to like navigate that. And so I was always creating things fresh. I was always mm-hmm. launching them. Nothing was really, I mean, it was fine, mm. but it wasn't really sustainable. And when I started having kids, I realized that I needed to have a bet, just a better understanding of what my finances were going to look like over the course of a longer period of time, like say Mm. the next six months or something like that. Um, because it was too, it was just too much pressure. Mm. And, you know, I became a lot more unreliable when just energetically, when I started having kids, because, you know, it's like, for example, today, my kid was, up coughing all night, waking me up coughing all night. And, you know, today we're doing this, this is great. And after this, I'm going to probably just like melt into the couch and watch Paw Patrol or something. So (laughs) it's, it's, it became even more important to have a more sustainable business. And, Mm. you know, I think that there's so many ways to achieve that, but part of it is really honoring your own needs as important in Mm. your business. It's not just, you know, having a certain model or having a certain amount of followers or having, you know, making a certain amount of money or whatever. It's like my experience of this matters Mm. too. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that brings me back to my question um, that I was starting to ask earlier, which is, you know, uh, one of these things that people say to me a lot is my business is about self-care 
It's about, um, you know, it's not about people doing X, Y, Z in their business. It's not about people um, explicitly making more money. Um, and they will say that's the reason people aren't buying and they don't want to pay. I can't charge X amount because people don't want to pay that amount of money. They don't want to spend money on looking after themselves. What would you say to that? If you're sat with one of my clients who says that and they say it all the time, <laughs> what would, would you say? say <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but look, <laughs> you know, just because, so I address, I talk about this explicitly yeah. in my marketing and, you know, in, I don't really have sales calls, but like in communications with people, I talk about how we get in the way of what we really need. Hmm. And, you know, again, this is really nuanced because I am 1000% not here for conning somebody into sign up for something, especially something yeah. that they can't afford, yeah. um, or like pressing on their pain points or like yeah. anything like that. I want all of my, um, programs to be filled very consensually and merrily. Yeah. Um, that's super important to me, especially, you know, from a trauma perspective mm. that said, there are a lot of reasons why we don't do the things that we need or why we don't, you know, continuing to prioritize the care, the quote unquote care that, earns us money, mm -hmm. makes us more productive, makes us better in a certain way is just perpetuating this problem that what I am here for is producing. And, you know, of course we're hijacked by capitalism in that yeah. way. That makes yeah. us believe that our worth is associated with a certain kind of success, a certain kind of experience. It's not just success in the workplace. It's also like, I'm going to take care of myself because it's going to make me a better mother. I'm going to take care of myself because I want to make sure that I'm modeling, you know, good boundaries to my children. And like, yeah, all of that's important. But also when you strip all of that away, you are important. Yeah. And you may not believe that mm. you may not have ever had anyone really sit you down and tell you that, but you know, that's what, what I speak to in my work is like, how are you doing? Mm. Like really, <laughs> really. And I know yeah. it's scary. It's like, yeah, you know, we don't want to slow down. Mm. Like we don't want to like really shoving all of our emotional stuff in a closet. And it's like, we don't open the doors. It could be like an avalanche in there. It's tricky, but I think that piece and, you know, for me, <clears throat> this is why I, a lot of my work is like, I'll go first and I'll just say, it's not working. Yeah, I did it. You know, I did it for so many years. Mm. I, went to the right school. I got the good degree. I got all A's. I, you know, was a total people pleaser. I did everything that everybody wanted from me. I put myself in the tiniest box and attempted to, you know, like throw myself out into the Atlantic, but it doesn't work. And it certainly doesn't work forever. And so I think that, you know, well, absolutely you can make money. Yeah supporting people and taking better care of themselves, but you have to be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations with people yeah. about 
what their resistance is. Mm. Yeah. And again, you know, being financially secure is a really important need. It has to do with meeting our need for safety. And so, you know, I never want somebody to be unable to afford the things that they need in their life because they're taking this course from me. Like that already sets up a dynamic Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for them tending to their needs. Yeah. So, you know, being willing to have these conversations as honestly as possible, like, is this possible for you? And for me, you know, I really consider this in my work by offering multitude of different ways to learn from me at accessible price points. Yeah. And so, you know, it's always like, okay, well you, you want this thing, you can't afford this thing comfortably then, you know, here's another thing for you, or my podcast is free, or I'm writing a book. I mean, you're gonna have to wait a little while, but (laughs) for under 20 bucks, you'll get to read everything that I know about this. So, you know, having a, having an array of offerings, that's what works for me Mm. because there's always a place for people to enter in, in a Mm. way that honors their need. Yes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I fill my programs yeah, and people are taking care of themselves. There's absolutely a certain amount of privilege Mm. to um, being able to pay money for a course like my course 10, which is all about meeting your needs. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, as the, the coach, part of my work is you know, part of the proceeds from tuition go to a scholarship fund and I give scholarships for my work. And, you know, that all of these things kind of work for Mm. me in having thought about what are my values? What are my politics? How do I want to show up? Who do I want to support? Um, and how do I make it all work? Yeah. And, it's um I think it's also being really clear who it's for that's something I'm really playing with at the moment so my new program is the most expensive group offering like my one-to-one is more but the most expensive group offering I've done but it's we're really clear that it's not for people starting out it's Mm -hmm. for people making a certain amount of money already and in some ways for your work as well and I don't know if this is something that you've already like kind of encapsulate in it but I think there is a point at when you're starting out where it is like I need to learn all these skills I need to learn this and this and this and you get to a certain point and you like which is what I was kind of speaking to earlier is when you're like oh my god I I am it's what about me like I've been building this business and maybe it's working well and I do have those resources but I have forgotten who I am I'm losing my needs and all of those sorts of things and those are often the people as well who have teams and people Mm -hmm. who are not meeting their needs are probably not meeting the needs of their teams but they might be over meeting them mm-hmm. but they might also be the ones that aren't being the you know the bosses we all need the ceos we all need as well and not that everything should just be for those people at all but there is mm-hmm. also that there is also that um yeah okay cool um I love that you draw a distinction. I was on your website, which is very lovely, by the way. Um, I love that you draw a distinction between consistent self-care and emergency self-care. How, so we've, maybe we've covered this already, but that how does that um, emergency stuff show up? Like, how do you see people kind of patching up their self-care in order to just make it through? 
Yeah. So going back to that kind of like swinging pendulum of I'm laying it all out on the field and now I'm, you know, like really nursing myself back to health. Um, that's the emergency self-care model, which is I give just enough to myself at the point in which I can no longer deny that I'm like really in need of something. Yeah. So, you know, that has been me many (laughs) times in my life. Um, that, that place of really just like, okay, I, I almost can no longer function yeah. in any real way. And, you know, maybe I'm like coming down with the flu or a cold. Maybe I'm getting sick. Uh, maybe there are negative ramifications happening in my relationships. Um, you know, for me, it's like I, I was experiencing such adrenal fatigue that mm. I was just coming apart at the seams. And it's really tricky in that spot. And this is why work, this work is so important because when we get in that loop, we start to determine those symptoms of our burnout as evidence for our lack of worth, and then try to remedy that by working harder only to more firmly solidify our burnout. Yeah. And so, you know, in my work, I, try really hard to illuminate what those symptoms of burnout are and Mm -hmm. how they show up. So for me, you know, I get really emotionally fragile, the further, the deeper I get into burnout, um, the more convoluted things become in my own mental Mm -hmm. process. Like the, the, I become like unhelpable. Yes. Yes. And that too is a symptom of my burnout, mm-hmm. right? It's like the deeper in I go, I have this warning, like scale of warning signs that I use in my courses. And, you know, it's like, I really try not to go past a seven. It's like a pain scale, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, zeros over here, tens over here. I really try not to go past a seven because I'll admit for myself, once I'm past a seven, things are really murky and tenuous in Mm -hmm. terms of my being, uh, available to be with myself in any way that's honest Mm -hmm. and constructive Mm -hmm. and compassionate, right? Like I just start being like, you know, my, my self-talk deteriorates. I start really like getting steeped in Mm self-loathing, self-judgment. And once you go all the way down to your, you know, most painful warning signs, it's hard to even believe that you're worthy of the care that you need. Yeah. And so it becomes so important to get into, uh, I mean, look, (laughs) nobody wants this. Okay. I don't want this. I do not want the answer to be, you do a little bit, whatever's manageable each day for the rest of your life until you die. No one wants (laughs) that. So this is another piece about selling self-care. It's like, I also have to be honest, like what you need is not what you want. And it is my job as an educator (laughs) to be real about that and to explain like, yeah, it sucks for me too. But the reality is all of these quick fixes and 10 step plans and the things that we want, right. We want it to be easy or at Mm. least easier. Don't work. Right. Because (laughs) what works is just being by your own side, mucking through it, being yeah. uncomfortable and not abandoning yourself. Yeah. And yeah. 
So that's that consistent and truly mundane self-care. It's like, am I taking my meds? Am I taking my vitamins? Am I showering? Am I flossing my teeth? Mm -hmm. Am I making my bed? Do I have clean underwear? Mm -hmm. You know, did I make that call to the insurance company that was really important for me to make? Oh, that Uh, one. (laughs) Did I go to the post office? You know, it's like these sorts of things that allow us to feel truly supported in our Mm -hmm. lives every single day. And like holding and tending to ourselves in that way makes just an enormous difference, allows for so much healing. Mm. And it's important that it's incremental because, you know, otherwise I think about it, like, you know, if I don't water my garden all year and then I pour a bucket of water on the soil and it just kind of pools there because the, the ground is so dry, it can't absorb the liquid. And we become like that too. You know, it's like we, things become so dire that we give ourselves just enough, usually just Mm -hmm. enough uh, to kind of get back to work in whatever way we can and only to repeat that process two months later, you know, whenever. Um, So, and this is, it's so tricky because as an ambitious person, I want to do it all yesterday. I am so bored with a sustainable pace. Like I (laughs) hate it. It feels like I'm constantly holding back, like a just crew of teeming horses. You know, Mm -hmm. my, my ambition is just like put like pushing at me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course that movement, that energy is like where our ambition meets capitalism and meets these un, you know, just unrealistic, um, inhumane standards that we hold for ourselves. And what does it actually look like to move sustainably? Well, you know, it looks like doing less and taking a longer time to do things and it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, I think that's part of it. It's like, I remember when I was a little kid, I got contact lenses. I was in third grade and I was like, you mean to tell me I need to put these contacts in and take them out every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like, How could that be? How horrible is that? And sometimes I feel like that about flossing my teeth or drinking enough water. It's like, like what boring monotony is this groundhog day self care? <laughs> but you know, what happens if I don't drink enough water is really detrimental yes. <laughs> to my, you know, my yeah. physical well being. And, you know, my clients will always be like, Mara, it's stop asking me about the water. You know, I'm like, okay, but are you <laughs> drinking enough water? <laughs> They're like, I'm a big problem. I need a big fix. I'm like, we all feel that way. I'm a big problem. I need a big fix, you know, but the reality is while we're looking for that big fix, we're not drinking enough water. We're not eating breakfast. We're not going to bed at a reasonable time. And all of those things will help Mm -hmm. on the way to, you know, whatever the big fix is that you're looking for. And also the big fixes do happen in like tiny moments, don't they? Mm -hmm. 
like they do like I know I was talking to somebody about this just the other day about trauma and that and she was saying it was um Tammy Thomas who's been on the podcast before and she was saying there's a cre- increasing amounts of evidence to say that what we do now goes up down all around to fit, heal those traumas and the thing I was talking about and we we're talking about a kind of a trauma of mine a small t trauma but still a trauma was that I was wanting to play with some lego I was going to buy a lego set and mm-hmm. I was saying I just can't believe how healing this is feeling that I'm doing this thing that's going to sound really weird out of context I'm sure at some point I'll tell mm-hmm. the full story but it was just it's those like you know like that I actually drink tons of water didn't used to I drink tons of water and now that I do it it's just such a like an amazing habit that happens by itself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. does support me in ways and it it wasn't a big like oh, I'm gonna drink water now I actually just slowly I zoom being on a zoom video is a trigger for me I'm just I just drink tons of it when I'm on video mm-hmm. and it's just become a thing it just is what it is And so there are those small like ways that we support ourselves are incredibly important. I find a lot of the stuff is actually it's it's saying no. I think Mm -hmm. we're told that success is all about saying yes. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, it's not really success, but I think being, I don't know, my ambitions, like in order to, what do you say? What do you need? What Mm -hmm. I need in order to meet those things is to say no a lot. Yeah, it's amazing how the scarcity mindset will sneak into that. And, you know, and I always say it's scary because it's true, Mm. right? It is scary to say no to that opportunity because Mm. it is true that it might not come along again. Yeah. And you can make whatever meaning that you make out of that. But I think, you know, especially when it comes to saying no, I noticed this myself. It's like, I, I just had this conversation with myself, which was like, okay, look, here's what you're doing in the next couple of months. And the book itself probably won't take a ton of energy for you to like do the mechanics of writing. So it's easy to underestimate because I, you know, in knowing myself, I know that what is going to take a fuck ton of energy is maintaining my self-belief to, be, to do that at the writing. So the writing is like, yeah. you know, the tiniest parts, like one eighth of the pie, mm. because for me, writing is not challenging. Mm. What is enormously challenging is the constant maintenance and the self-talk and the care that is going mm. into just like this steady drip of it's okay. You can do it. I know it's scary. It's okay. You can do it. You can do it. It's going to be fine. And you know, it's not going to be the best book that's ever been written. That's going to be okay. Like, yeah, you know, all of that takes a lot of energy. And so it requires really being in relationship with ourselves and knowing too, um, you know, I love what you said about the legs. It's like, what's healing for each and every one of us is, different for each and every one of us. So you really can't bypass the relationship with yourself. No. And when we're looking for those quick fixes or that guru or whatever to hire, who knows us better than we know ourselves, like that is not a thing. Yeah. And I think that's a piece too, with my work where I'm excellent at creating frameworks and structures for people to fill in. Mm. And really articulating that like this is not a course of answers yeah this is a course of questions and you know I really trust that you're the expert to your own experience I'm the expert to my own experience 
and we're going to do this walk together. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it all comes back to what is healing and nourishing for us. And, you know, you may not be familiar with having that conversation with yourself at this point, but you can start today. Yeah. It's really, it's like building a relationship with yourself the same way you would build a relationship with somebody else, like investing some of your time and your attention and your patience. Because usually my clients come to me and they're like, I asked myself what I needed and myself said nothing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you were like, all of a sudden, it's like, (laughs) all of a sudden I woke up cold called myself (laughs) and was like, what do you need? And then when I didn't respond, I'm like, so myself is startled by this (laughs) abrupt phone call. (laughs) And now all of a sudden you're like, okay, fine. That's amazing. Imagine calling your partner and doing that. What do you need? I don't know nothing. Or it's like, you know, I mean, that person, we all have these people in our lives. Like they only call us when they need something. Yes, we do. So, you know, if you are here listening to this and you only call yourself when you need yourself to perform, yes. that's not a nice way to be in a relationship with yourself. That's like somebody who only calls you every time they need you to move a couch yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's part of that emergency self-care. It's like, you're falling down on the job self Mm. what the hell and meanwhile yourself is like what have you done for me lately honestly (laughs) (laughs) I love that analogy that is so perfect so perfect we have been talking so long (laughs) I was like oh we'll be oh okay this is great I I know (laughs) me too it's so good um I was gonna say one of the things I just want to get this point out because one of the things I love about what you just said is about the way that your work trusts people with with you give them unanswered questions and you trust them to answer it and I just wanted to quickly like draw that parallel with a lot of the online world which is uh because I think self-trust is one of the key elements to running a business that um, you're able to be yourself in and and, the, and I think that's a key element to it actually working um, so you're not constantly like fighting against who you are and yet a lot of the online world asks like in the way it provides the information asks us not to trust ourselves asks us to trust the provider of the information and just do exactly what they say so I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that I love what you said there because I think that's so important in terms of you know amplifying our trust of ourselves which is a huge part you know we all know it's almost a cliche that a relationship without trust is not going to happen or is not going to be it's not going to be pleasant for anybody and so like what you're saying about that relationship with ourselves that trust piece is so like so important right Mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's really built by those small moments of staying with yourself. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, the way you speak to yourself couldn't be more important. I always think about how every moment is an opportunity to either build self-trust or destroy it. Mm. And that, that happens in how I'm talking to myself. So it's like, okay, whatever. It could be a launch didn't go the way that I wanted to, or it could be, I mean, this happens like daily, something, whatever. I forgot my kids, my kid has like a binky. I forgot, whatever, you know, she didn't have it at school could be, that's a moment Mm. where, you know, what is the story I'm telling myself about this? 
that I'm the shittiest mother in the world or that I'm like a regular human who was, you know, the dog was whatever the morning, whatever, like there were things happening and things happen. And, you know, really being, bringing your attention as much as possible to the meaning that you're making out of the situations that are happening. And this is the kind of self-care that I think it's, it's so internal and a lot of us aren't willing to be honest about how horrible we are to ourselves and our own head. And when we think about it from that self trust perspective, I think it's so important to really realize like how we are speaking to ourselves, first of all, is a product of our conditioning. We were taught to speak. We learned to speak to ourselves that Mm -hmm. way based on what we absorbed and what we saw. Yeah. And that, you know, we have an opportunity. I saw something this morning that was like about toxic parent motherhood culture Mm. and, you know, this, all of this perfectionism and all of this stuff. And while that absolutely exists in the world, I'm not denying that ever, but we have an opportunity to work on and dismantle the way that we internalize the policing, the systemic violence, the perfectionism, all of these things that are laid in in our culture, we have an opportunity to say, last last night I was at a pottery class and it's a new, very new hobby. It was my first class. I sucked at it and it was great. And I was, one of my friends was in the class. She's like, how was the class? I'm like, yeah, gotta love an opportunity for three hours to be like, I'm not good at this and it's okay. I am not good. The the stakes are low. This is fine. I suck at this and it's okay. You know, that every every moment we have this opportunity to say like, what am I perpetuating in my relationship with myself? You know, can I be kind? If I think I can't be kind, why, Mm. why, you know, just writing that down every moment. I sound like Brené Brown. Can you say that again? (laughs) But every moment, moment, it's so, that's so true. Every moment is like an opportunity to ask ourselves, what are we perpetuating? That is like, I, I say in my work, and it isn't my phrase. Now, I don't know whose phrase it is, but it it was first said. I first saw it said about um, white supremacy, and they said it's the shark. Um, yeah. People think it's the shark, but it's not the shark. It's the water. Yeah. And um, and I also, and I, I think this was also around that same fit phrase. It was like it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Like mm-hmm. it's not your fault. You're this way. You feel this way. You talk this way to yourself. But also, really annoyingly, no one else is going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. unless you're able to you know because I think a lot of it was we're not honest about how awful we are to each other and also uh, to ourselves sorry and I think also it's so normalized we don't even notice mm-hmm. we don't even notice how horrible that inner voice is like yeah well and to that you know it's the shark it's the water piece and also to the white supremacy that perfectionism is a, a tenant of yeah. white supremacy absolutely and you know I have conversations with people all of the time who say, I'm, I'm so much harder on myself than I am on anyone else. Mm. And for a long time I bought that, Mm. but no, actually, I think that the way that we judge ourselves, we do judge other people and have so much to do with the deeply internalized system that we're upholding. And if we want to be these agents of change in the world and we want to do this work to dismantle these systems that are oppressive and violent for, you know, all of us, Mm. 
focusing on our self-talk is not just navel gazing because when we address those messages that we're perpetuating in our relationship with ourselves, we are also addressing the narratives and the judgments and, you know, the internal bias and all of those things that we hold for other people as well. And so, you know, this work isn't just about, you know, me and how I talk to myself, but it's also about co-creating the world that I want to live in. And I'm at this microcosm for this macro issue. Mm. And, you know, I think about that, like when we talk about the perfectionism and the motherhood, when I speak to myself about how I am as a parent, I am thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about what I wish were different for parents the world over. Right. But I'm starting with how I'm speaking to myself. And so I think it's really important. And this is the kind of care that, I mean, like this is real self-care. This is really important. This is Mm. like beyond the bubble baths and the scented candles. Like, how are you talking to yourself? Yeah. Because I can guarantee it's problematic. (laughs) And how many of you in the bath having a go at yourself for being lazy and indulgent by having the bath? (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing yeah. self-care. I'm in the bath. Yeah, but what are you saying about yourself in the bath? Okay. Yeah. I could do this for days. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to move on to the um a quick fire round at the end. Thank Let's you so much. I am excited for Kay, who edits the podcast, to just pull out all of those amazing quotes. <laughs> like, Kay, did you get that one? Did you get that one? So the first question is finish this sentence. Money is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um favorite book you've read recently and it can be business or or not doesn't matter um the only book I've read in the last five years is the night watchman and it was awesome (laughs) um the impact of people who've traditionally been left out of money making making more money is finish that sentence life-changing yeah it's massive Um, okay this is where the questions take a slightly different turn if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it be? Sourdough toast with butter. <laughs> See, I'm really here for the, that. There's like, those really good, simple, like, yeah, <laughs> bread and butter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then lastly, best bit of money or business advice you've ever received. Pay attention to it. Mm. Gosh, you know, I, I remember not believing that I would make more money or that my relationship with money would change if Mm. I started checking in on it. I mean, it's the same. It is Mm. the same, right? My relationship with myself started to change when I started checking in on myself every day. And, you know, I started by just like, just like looking at my bank accounts in the morning, being like, hello, money, how are you doing? Again, being paying attention to my self-talk because I realized that so often I'd be like, I'm so broke or I don't Mm -hmm. have any money or, you know, and that wasn't technically true at yeah. all. Um, you know, if you have three pennies, you have money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, working on that, like what was my relationship like with money and yeah. really cultivating that. I mean, I've been doing that now for almost 10 years in a very active way. And my relationship with money now is totally different. Mm than before. Mm. I like it. I like to talk about it. I like to think about it. I'm not scared of it. You know, I'm not hiding my bills underneath my bed and crying every time I have to deal with my student loan. Um, 
And, and I think that just comes from acquainting yourself with your money on a yeah. daily basis. Hanging out with it, I like to yeah. say. Like I like hanging out in my Stripe account and hanging out in my bank account and oh, seeing yeah. what's going on. Sometimes it's happier times than others, but, you know, it is like, yeah, ha- like spending time together. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you yeah. so much. This was so good. So I can't welcome. wait for people to hear this. Um, before you go, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Anything you want to be like letting people know that you're offering at the moment? Yeah. Come hang out with me at maraglatzel.com or on Instagram at maraglatzel. Uh, I don't have any programs happening at the moment, but in a short bit of time, I will be, uh, enrolling my year long program cycle, which is pretty rad. But in the interim, I have a super awesome quiz that you can take about what do you need right now? I will tell you what you need and I will give you my favorite practices for how to meet that need. Um, and you can find that on my website as well. Nice. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Just a reminder that if you are ready to go all in on this business of yours, then plenty more is awaiting for you. Please do apply via the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. And I also wanted to say just before I go that this is a 12 month course and it's been really interesting having chats in my DMs about this. A few people have said to me, Ray, the thing is I need results quicker than 12 months. And I just want to really allay that concern that anybody might have. We are not asking you to go through a whole long process before you can do things. In fact, we're creating it so that there are quick things you can do so that you're getting results fast you know as soon as we can some of you it's going to take longer some of you you'll be off the tracks immediately is that even a saying you know what I mean you'll be going and that's always the case in courses but what the reason it's 12 months is because we want to bed those results in we don't just want you know one big month we want to travel with you across 12 months and see what crops up what needs attention what stories need unraveling so that when you get to the end of our time together you have got a really solid foundation when it comes to making plenty of money in your business so if all that appeals to you like i said pop to the link in the show notes and get your application in we'd love to hear from you <laughs>